The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Lobster Coasters, today I get to catch up with Jade Hill from the South Australian Police. Tradies at the moment, tools are being targeted from the back of vehicles. We get to talk about it in a moment. On the weekend, there was fantastic news. Nangwari Football Club won their first game in such a long time. I think it's been eight years and seven seasons. We're going to talk about that soon. And, uh, well, tonight... At the library, Maya Linnell, ex-local author to Limestone Coast, best-selling author. She is going to be here, and we are going to talk about her brand new book. Right now, let's talk tradies and tools. Jade Hill, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. How are you? I am good. Now, Jade, if you're a tradie in the Limestone Coast at the moment, you've got all your tools in your car, you might be a bit worried. Yeah, that's right. Mount Gambia Police are urging tradies to be vigilant with their work vehicle security following a recent spate of thefts in the town. Police have received about six reports over the last week, primarily in the Conroe Heights area, where entry has been gained to work vehicles and tools targeted. Some vehicles have been left unlocked and police are reminding tradies to make sure that they leave their vehicles secure. While it presents challenges for ute owners, police are urging them to secure their canopies to their utes while they're away from the vehicle and whenever possible keep their vehicles behind a closed locked roller door or garage door. Having tools stolen is a serious inconvenience, especially for those who rely on them for work. And our tradies do work really hard, Ewan, mm. so we don't want them inconvenienced. But we want them to consider putting tools into a locked steel cabinet so tools can't be seen and engrave tools with driver's licence numbers, company name or other identifying features. And if anyone in the community observes anybody acting suspiciously around or stealing from vehicles, we urge them to call police immediately on 131 Tool theft prevention tips to keep in mind is keeping an inventory of your tools and equipment and account for and check off the tools and equipment at the beginning and end of the day. Park vehicles off the road and if possible in that secure garage or area. Pack tools away in secure enclosures such as sheds when not in use but also lock the shed and lock your vehicle doors and close windows. Secure all toolboxes and equipment into the actual vehicle and any large equipment should be locked to the vehicle with a chain and padlock and covered if possible so it cannot be seen. Mm. These will look into vehicles and see what items can be easily stolen. So if tools and equipment cannot be secured, remove them from the vehicle and record the make, model and serial number of the tools. Use metal engravers or a welder to mark your property with, your, with SA for the state and your driver's licence number to make it harder for a thief to sell and easier for police to reunite them with their equipment and photograph machinery and valuable items and store those photos safely as well. Hey Jade, it is always good to catch up to talk about what's going on at the moment. Tradies, big shout out, look after your tools, do everything Jade said to keep them safe. And if you've got an issue where somebody's tried to break into your vehicle, make sure the police know so that they can track where the uh, the thefts are taking place from. Jade, we'll catch up soon. You have a great day. You too and stay safe. Now, Limestone Coasters, what a weekend it was in the Limestone Coast, especially when it comes to footy. Uh, Nangwari Footy Club walked away with a win after a very long time. i got the president of the Nangwari Footy and Eddie Club on the line, Shane Plungers. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Mate, I am good, but Shane, more to the point, how are you after an epic weekend? Yeah, no, not too bad this morning. Um, yeah, it was a pretty big night, Saturday night, and a few quieter ones yesterday to reflect. Now, Shane, you guys um, have had a massive win on the weekend, and it's all because of what has taken place 
in the past. It's been a long time between drinks for the Nangmori Footy Club. Yeah, yeah. July 2014 was the last time we got a win down at Robe. So, yeah, quite a while. About 106 games, I think, that's been worked out since we won one. Shane, you guys deserve a medal just for showing up on the uh, on the field each and every week. And that's what you guys have done over the course of the last you know, eight years, seven seasons. How do you manage to to keep that, I suppose, enthusiasm to, to just go out and play footy? Yeah, yeah, no, it really has been a, a struggle um, some of them years. But, you know, we're a pretty uh, thick bunch that, uh, and we'd like to stick together. So, um, yeah, it's all about getting a game of footy. So we've been really, you know, tried our best to always get a team on the park. There's weeks that people were playing two games and and uh, it, we just didn't want to give it away because footy clubs are life um, of the small sporting community. So, yeah, it was important that we were able to keep going. Um, of course, we had the setback of the club being burnt down, so mm. that just drove us even more to make, uh, turn things around. Now, Shane, what was the buzz like leading up to the footy match on the weekend? Did you guys have any idea you were going to walk away the winners against Tant? Uh, you're, you're always uh, hoping to win. Um you know, Luke's got a really good bunch of guys around him this year. Um, the players have really been bonding together. Um, and a win win was coming, but, yeah, you know, we've been in a position a couple of times this year to get the win and couldn't get the job done, but uh, they hung on on Saturday. When did you know that you guys had, had clinched it? Uh, not right until then. We kicked... Um, it was still within four points in the last few minutes and we basically kicked a goal on the siren to, to get up by 10 points. So, yeah, it wasn't in the bag. Um, for most of the game, it was uh, a real tight game. And uh, tell me tell me about the team because obviously you, you've, you've spent an awful long time putting a team together. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we got Luke. Uh, Thompson on board last year um, and he brought a, a few players in, a few young blokes um, and then we built on that um, this year a few more young blokes and we had uh, Jack Pudney played a couple of games of B grade for us last year, his brother was coaching the, the B grade um, and he really enjoyed his time down here and he, he said he'd uh, commit and travel down uh, this year and play seniors and he brought a, a mate Andy Hyland with him who plays at full forward and you know they're just genuine guys that you know that they're not after the big dollars they're just there to to help us get over the line and they've really been enjoying it and uh, yeah they give back as much as uh, they take. And Shay was it a whole town celebration on Saturday night? Uh, basically, there was uh, plenty of people out there when that final siren went. You know, there was people coming from everywhere, so quite a few tears out on the oval. It was a fairly emotional win. That does not surprise me. Hey, Shane, it's a crystal ball sort of a question, but how do you reckon the rest of the season is going to shape up for you guys? Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, they've got a bit of faith now that they can get that win, um, that we hopefully can pick up at least another couple of games and uh, and then build um, again for next year to go even further. Shane, it was sensational to hear that you guys had won on the weekend. I am over the moon that you've got a win on the boards after such a long time. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. You guys uh, continue to celebrate all week, all right? We will do. Thanks, Ewan.
And what a sensational win it was. And a big shout out to everybody at Nangwari who will probably still be celebrating today. Now, tonight at the Mount Gambier Library, let me tell you something special is taking place. Ex-Tantanula girl and best-selling author Maya Linnell is returning to Mount Gambia Library. She's going to be talking tonight about the launch of her fourth book, Paperbark Hill. But before she does, we're going to talk about it. Maya Linnell, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. Lovely to be on the show. Hey, Maya, you spent a lot of time around the Limestone Coast. Uh, you were a journo at one point. You turned your writing skills to book writing. And oh my God, you've taken over the world. <laughs> Thank you. It is lovely to uh, to have books out in the world and have them doing well, indeed. How is it to walk into a bookstore and see a book that you have written, a creation that's fallen out of your head, on the bookshelves? It is really neat. It doesn't get old to see it lined <laughs> up there with all the other fantastic authors that I've admired over the years. So it really is also a real kick to have readers writing to you and saying, oh, I just loved the McIntyre family. I love the setting of Bridgefield that you've created. So not only have I got this um, fictional story and a family that I've created completely out of my head, but other people have fallen in love with them too. So that is a real treat. How did the first book come about, Maya? Well, I had uh, almost, I could see the light on the horizon of my three children and nearly all at school. And I thought, well, it is just about time for me to think about returning to work when they're all at school. What will I do? Will I go back to journalism? Will I look into radio or PR? And I decided to write a book. And it kind of went beautifully from there, getting a contract with one of the top five publishers and my first book came out in 2019. And what, are the, what does the family think of you being a best-selling author? Look, they're very proud, Ewan. I'm really lucky to have a very supportive family uh, that still live Mount Gambier, Millicent, Beach, Portway. And they're just delighted. They've got the pom-poms out. They're cheering. <laughs> Anytime they see anyone wandering near a bookstore or a bookshelf <laughs> at the library, they're quick with a recommendation. <laughs> Even in the airport when mum and dad went up to Queensland most recently, they're scouting around the airport. They find the book and then they hand sell it, which is very helpful. <laughs> oh, see, that is just sensational. Now, Maya, um, we are on to the fourth book in the series. What can you tell me about the story as it has unfolded? Yes, so this book is the fourth and final story in this series. And People are going to cry. So, People are going to yes, cry. Yes, there are plenty of tears already. I've had letters from readers who are very sad about uh, this series coming into an end. But people can read the books independently. They don't have to read them in order. But uh, Paperbark Hill came out at the start of this month and it focuses on a flower farm in uh, rural south uh, Western Districts, Victoria. Mm. We've got uh, a locum pharmacist who's coming down to the Western Districts. We've got um, lots of baking, lots of family dynamics. Um, we've got gardening as a for a main subject because of that flower farm aspect. And of course, there's a little bit of romance too. Now, Maya, for people who have followed the journey of the first three books so far and want to continue that journey, after a very successful night at Millicent a couple of weeks ago, you are going to be in Mount Gambia. I am. And it's really lovely to be able to do these local events because obviously with the borders being closed on and off the last two years, it's been very hard to get across to South Australia and do um, some in-person, in-conversation talks. And the Mount Gambia Library are such wonderful hosts. So I'm very much looking forward to heading across there and um, meeting some of the fantastic readers who've been following the journey right from the start. 
plus the people that have never even picked up any of my books or rural romance in general. So I'm very much looking forward to it. People can bring their books to be signed. If they don't have a copy, they can get one there. Um, and it'll be lots of fun. They'll have uh, It's a free event. There's drinks and nibbles. It should be lovely. May Ellenell, it is going to be great to have you at the library tonight for the launch of the brand new book, the fourth in the series, Paperbark Hill. Cannot wait for it. Thanks for chatting. Thanks very much, Ewan. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back on Friday. For everything Limestone Coast, you can catch up with me live on radio from 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast 963 Triple M.